What's up, fam? You're about to hear a message from Hope Valley Church in Denver, Colorado. We are a new, Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible church and campus ministry in Denver, Colorado. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for like a day or a whole lifetime, we trust that this message will help you take your next steps to follow him. If you're in the Denver metro area, we would love for you to come and worship with us. You can check us out at our website at hvdenver.com to learn more. Also, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, however you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Oh, and share. Now, let's jump in. What I want to do tonight for us adults is I want to share very quickly a message, and it's very short, and then we'll continue singing. Romans 5 verse 6 says this. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us. When Jesus came at just the right time, he came in a time of pain and sorrow, and not of physical darkness, but of sociological darkness, of economic and relational darkness, with the purpose of bringing light into the midst of darkness. When Jesus chose to come enter his creation and in, in join into a family of insignificant means and to be born into a town of insignificant standing, he was dignifying the human experience in all the ways that the human experience needed dignifying. He was dignifying the, the ordinary by being wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger. It wasn't, it wasn't so strange sociologically for that to happen, but it was strange for that to happen to a king. Jesus was dignifying the ordinary, boring, and insignificant human experience that we so often try and hide from and run from. Jesus was dignifying the exact opposite of the IG life or the Snapchat life where we try and present everything as being exciting and amazing all the time. Jesus is saying, hey, no, it's not always exciting and amazing, but it's always significant. It always is important and it always matters. Even in the darkest, most ordinary, most difficult or boring of times, Christ was dignifying that part of the human experience. Jesus also, in his life and ministry, dignified the suffering of the human experience. Jesus, by entering his creation when he chose to enter his creation, entered a time where the people that he entered into were being oppressed by the Roman government, by the, by the empirical cult. So, so Roman, uh, Caesar received all of the same praise and worship as a god that Jesus would ultimately be given. They had a saying, they would say, Caesar is Lord, Curios Caesar. They would worship him as king, and they would worship him as Lord. And, and he had titles of worship and godship and divinity given to him, and he wore those with pride. And Jesus entered into this place where this false god was ruling over his people with, 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 with a despising disposition towards them because they were insignificant and small. And yet that's where Jesus chose to go. But Jesus didn't just come for the ordinary and the painful and the suffering, though sometimes I think we need to be reminded of that. Jesus came in dignified celebration as well. 
The very first miracle that Jesus did was to, was to turn water into wine at the wedding at Cana. And there are lots of reasons that people talk about that happening. But, you know, they, to, to help the family that was having the wedding save face in order to reveal his kingship and wine had certain significance and water has certain significance. And we can look at all the symbolism, but at some most basic level, I think Jesus just wanted the party to go on. Because Jesus was going, hey, marriage was my idea, and I'm excited about marriage, and I want this marriage to be celebrated the way that it would be celebrated if I was the one throwing the party, so let's celebrate marriage. And I think Jesus just likes to celebrate. I think that we think, we, when we think of Jesus and Mary and we think of them being alone uh, in their traveling to Bethlehem and alone in this stable and alone in all of these different places, what, what we miss is that they would have been surrounded by family and there would have been a celebration of the birth of Jesus. And so we're not the very first ones to celebrate the birth of Jesus. I think we, we just imagine that it's a camel and a donkey and Joseph and Mary. And then three years later, the, the, the wise men show up late to the party. And so nobody was there to, to celebrate Jesus. But that's not the case. When the shepherds would have come, they would have, they would have also seen, uh, they would have also seen the, um, the, the, the women who helped Mary through the birthing process, they would have seen Joseph's brothers and Joseph's uh, father and grandfather or whoever still would have been alive. But it would have been his cousins and it would have been a whole family reunion at the same time as Jesus was born. It's a very different story than the one that we tell. I believe that Jesus wants us to celebrate. What I want us to do at this Christmas time is to consider, uh, is, is to consider that uh, Christ is dignifying our entire condition. In the Advent season, as we've been talking about over the last weeks, is that it's a celebration of everything that God has done. It's looking to see how God is currently moving and looking forward to what he promised he would do with expectation and anticipation or hope. When we think about Advent, what I want us to do in this next few days as the, as the year comes to an end and as we look for 2023 to, to offer us maybe something different than we've experienced in this year, what I want us to do is three things. I want us to acknowledge our longings. Acknowledge the places of, of darkness in pain, acknowledge the places that are boring or seem in- insignificant, that seem like maybe God wouldn't have any interest in, and remember that Jesus showed up in the boring, in the ordinary, in the insignificant. We need to acknowledge our longings for things that are gone and never will be, and also for the things that we hope to become one day but aren't yet here. So don't pass over. Don't look over it. There's a temptation. I'm gonna, I want to preach now. I'm going to stop. But, but I will say this. There's a temptation that when we feel longing and when we feel disappointment and when we feel anxious, there's a temptation just to turn on the Hallmark movies or to go onto Instagram or to turn on the sports and to watch the highlights or to read the news for the 15th time today because we're uncomfortable with it. But I promise you this. God is not uncomfortable with your, with your lowliness of heart or he is not uncomfortable with your discomfort in in the ordinary things of life or in suffering. So that's the first thing. The second thing I want us to do is just to believe him. Believe him. To take him at his word. What's amazing about Jesus being born when he was born is that he called the shot thousands of years before. He called the shot through his prophets and he appeared on the scene to fulfill the prophecies that were made over him. 
So he, 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 he fulfilled, he, like, uh, I, I don't even remember the number. It's, it's north of 80 prophecies. But if you just took 40 of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, the statistical odds of anybody accomplishing those would have been the equivalent. One, one, um, one mathematician said would be to cover the state of Texas three feet deep in silver dollars, paint one of them red, and, and then send a blind man out to choose it. Just to fulfill 40 of them. And Jesus did so much more than that. And the last thing that we need to do is commit our way to him. As we believe him, as we believe that he will do what he said he would do because he's done what he said he would do, we need to commit ourselves to him. We need to, to turn our hearts. We're invited to turn our hearts, our minds, our disposition towards him with anticipation of him acting on our behalf. Amen? That's the invitation to acknowledge, to believe, and to commit.